Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. Exodus 32, starting from verse 1. Now when the people saw that Moses delayed coming down from the mountain, the people gathered together to Aaron and said to him, Come make us gods that shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. And Aaron said to them, Break off the golden earrings which are in your ears of your wives, your sons, and your daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people broke off the golden earrings which were in their ears and brought them to Aaron. And he received the gold from their hand. And he fashioned it with an engraving tool and made a molded calf. Then they said, this is your God, O Israel, that brought you out of the land of Egypt. So when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it. And he, and he made a proclamation and said, tomorrow is a feast to the Lord. Then they rose early on the next day, offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people that sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. And the Lord said to Moses, go get down for your people whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly out of the way of which I have commanded them. They have made themselves a molded calf and worshiped it and sacrificed to it and said, this is your God, O Israel, that brought you out of the land of Egypt. The title of today's message is The Price of Fool's Gold. It's The Price of Fool's Gold. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word, Lord. I pray that I get out of the way, Lord God, that nerves get out of the way, Lord God, and that your word is presented in truth, Lord God, that, that we are good ground today, Lord God, that the seeds that you have for us, Lord God, that they're planted, that they're watered, but ultimately, Lord, that you get the increase out of today, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. It's been 40 days. 40 days since they saw the man that had directed them out of Egypt. It's been some time. All they know about this God that delivered them out of Egypt was through this man, Moses, and he's gone. He, 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 he brought us out of captivity. He, 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 he walked us through the waters. He, he, he made sure we were fed. He made sure that we had the water that we needed, and now he's gone. It's been 40 days. Provision is getting low. We've been attacked. We're running out of the things that we need. Where's our provision? Where's our protector? He's gone. You know what? We have a good idea. Let's make a God that we can see. Let's make something that we can have that's tangible. Let's make something that will actually be present in our lives. He's been gone for 40 days. It's been two weeks and Pastor John is gone. <laughs> the church is on fire. Hell. Everything that these people knew about God was, was through Moses. Everything that they had tied themselves to had been to what that they were, the things that they were given. All of their connection with God had been the connection to their wants and not necessarily their needs. 
that during this whole time, they, they, they're, they're, they're freaking out. They're panicking. They're like, look, our provision is gone. Our protection is gone. We know Moses brought us out of Israel, but he's gone now. He must be dead. I, I don't know where he's at. And I don't know how many people are in this room that have been in a situation where they felt like they were abandoned. That they have felt like, I have a relationship with God. I kind of know who this Jesus is. But why right now in this situation in my life feel like God isn't here? Why do I feel like God is forsaking me? Why do I feel like everything I'm praying for, I'm praying, I, I spend time in my prayer closet and I read my scripture, but it doesn't seem like God is showing up. Let me give you some encouragement today. Here's my first point. God is present in every circumstance. In every circumstance, some of you guys are looking at me puzzled. Let me explain something to you. The same God that delivered them out of Egypt is the same God that was there when they felt like they were abandoned. That if you read the book of Exodus, God had been provider. God had been protector. God had been the exact thing that they needed, but they had forgot because they felt like his presence had left. If you read Exodus chapter 3, the people of God cried out when they were in bondage to Egypt and God sent them an answer with Moses in an exit plan. In Exodus chapter 16, when the people of God hungered and God provided bread from heaven and when they needed water and the water was too bitter, he made the water sweet. He made sustenance for him. He made provision for him. And let me add, he didn't teach them how to make bread. The bread just showed up. The provision just showed up. He's like, you don't even have to do anything. This is what's going to happen. The bread is going to show up in the morning. This is how you're going to take care of it. This is how you're going to keep it. And this is how you're going to make it sustain you throughout the week. God was a provider. God was a protector. In Exodus 17, the people of God were attacked by enemies, by the people in the surrounding land. And, and, and the way that they were protect, protected was when Moses raised his hands. He raised his hands in submission to the most high God. And if you read the scriptures, anytime his hands went down, the enemy started to win. Anytime his hands started to come down, the enemy started to take over the people of God. But when he raised his hands up, when he showed himself submitted, when he showed himself humbled under the word of God, that's when he started to get the victory. That's when he started to win. That's when the people of God started to win. Even after all they've experienced, like, listen, like, I feel like the people in the Old Testament kind of have, like, like, can you imagine showing up to an ocean and the ocean splits open and you walk across and the ground is dry and you make it across from your oppressors? Can you imagine for a second that you need guidance and by night, there's a pillar of fire to guide you through the wilderness. And, and, and these great and, and miraculous and awesome things are happening to show you that God's presence is with you. And, and yet they still forgot. And, and yet they still forgot the good things that God had did for them. Now, I know we don't have the advantage of having pillars of fire and ocean split open for us. It would be nice. But where they had miraculous signs and, and, and natural disasters coming into line and then guiding them through the wilderness, we have the spirit and the presence of God that shows us, look, I'm here. I'm here to keep you safe. I'm your provider. I'm your protector. I'm your comforter. That we can't forget that, that, that God is not just the God of the mountaintop. 
God just can't be God when everything is going well and I have a great job and my kids are acting right and, and, and my rent is paid and my mortgage is paid and everything's good and me and my husband and wife, everything's good and nothing is happening. He can't just be God then. Because the same God that is faithful on the mountaintop is the same God that is faithful in the valley. That, that a God isn't shaken by your circumstance. God isn't shaken by your situation. And we have to realize and have the faith in God that, look, no matter what happens, you're in control. And I know you have the best interest for me. That's what faith is. A lot of people think that, that, that I can't doubt when I have faith. That in that very moment, in the presence of fear, in the presence of your enemies, in the presence of you about to be being destroyed, is the very moment where you should have faith. Your faith has value. That even in a fool's hands, that even gold in a fool's hands invested in the right place adds more value to it. God is always present. Imagine this for a second. How many people bank at Travis Bank? Anybody bank at Travis Bank? You don't have to raise your hand. But can you imagine for a second that if you looked up, he's like, I need to make a deposit. Help me find Travis Bank. You type it in your phone, and your phone leads you to this parking lot. And next thing you know, you're walking around. It says Travis Bank is here. Okay. And you walk around, and the guy comes up. He's like, look. Hey, can I help you find anything? He's like, yeah. I'm looking for Travis Bank. Oh, I'm Travis. Yeah, you can just deposit your money in me and put it in my pocket. Oh, trust me, I'm safe. You got a Travis shirt on. You got all the stuff and everything. Now, now, now just, just humor me for a second. I'm a youth pastor. I try to make things as simple as possible. Would you rather trust your money in something that is, just, is, is not faithful, something that's not consistent, that you can come back and get your deposit later on? He might not be there. Or would you must, would you rather trust what's valuable to you to something that is faithful, something that is consistent, something that's always going to be there, something that is holy, something that isn't going to give up because something goes wrong? Is anybody connecting for a second? Because many times in our own hearts, we think that, oh, you know what? I got a good idea. Here's what I'm going to do. You know, I'm not really making enough money, so I'll get two, three, four, five, six jobs to make some money. You know, put myself in a situation, you know, I got to provide for my family, you know what I'm saying? I got to put the family on my back, all the stuff like that. Forgetting that God is your provision. Forgetting that maybe, just maybe, that one job that you're, that you're stressed out about, that one job that you're tired of going to, you had a promotion on the other side, but you decided to devote your time to everything else. That God is in control. That God is not absent from what you're going through. That God is present and he is faithful. This, this, this scripture in Isaiah 42 is really interesting to me. It says, I will lead blind Israel down a new path, guiding them along an unfamiliar way. I will brighten the darkness before them and smooth out the road ahead of them. Yes, I will indeed do these things. I will not forsake them. But those who trust in idols, who say you are our gods, will be turned away in shame. Listen, you who are deaf, look away, you look and see you blind. Who is, in, who is as blind as my own people, my servant? Who is as deaf as my messenger? Who is as blind as my chosen people, the servant of the Lord? You see and recognize what is right, but refuse to act on it. You hear with your ears, but you don't really listen. 
Like week after week, month after month, we have access to, to the technology. Maybe you listen to your favorite podcast. Maybe you, you, you eat on the word of God over and over and over and over and over and over again. But you don't apply it. And you have all the tools that you need to succeed, but you don't use them. God is a faithful source. God is the place where we can find strength. God is the place where we can find joy. God is the place where we can find peace. And instead of us trying to find peace in money, and trying to find peace in a house, and trying to find peace in a relationship, we have to seek after God because he is the consistent source. This whole time uh, in Exodus, God had been showing himself faithful. He has been consistent in a place where he's been a, a, consist, a consistent place where they can put their trust. He has been a consistent place where they can place their faith. And in this moment, I believe that they misunderstood of the value of where they invest their faith. My next point is this. Faith is the currency of hope. Faith is the currency of hope. Now that's, I don't know if it's just my youth pastor brain trying to like make things relatable to teenagers and make things like, you know, graspable and understandable. But there's this verse in Hebrews chapter 11 that says this. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the currency of hope. What you invest your faith on now shows me what you're hoping in later. What you invest your faith in right now in this moment at this very time shows me what your hope is in later. It's, it's funny to me, at the beginning of the semester, I have a bunch of teenagers like, look, JR, it's a new year. It's a new semester. I'm going to get all A's. I'm like, cool. You know what, man? I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Get them A's. But then two months go by, and they got three days and, and 47 hours logged in onto Fortnite and are wondering why their grades are bad. And there might be a situation like, you know what, man? This is a new year. I'm going to start things off right. Me and my wife been going through some turmoil, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to make a nice, strong, godly marriage. I'm going to make sure everything is together. I'm going to make sure everything is, is the way that God wanted us to, but you don't invest any time with some intimate time with your wife. Where you place your hope in is where you're investing in right now. So the same way, the same way that, 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 that we, we invest is the same way we can place our faith in God. If our hope is in Jesus, our favorite song right now at the church is what? Our hope trying to sing like a tear. It's the name of Jesus. We are in you are with us. The church is alive. The church is alive. Jesus is our living hope. We don't serve a God that's dead. We, we don't serve a God that doesn't understand what we're going through. We don't serve a God that is detached from us. We don't serve a God that is just far away. We serve a God that is close and always present. So if we claim to be Christians by name, if we claim to have our faith in Jesus, why is it that we don't show it? Like, oh, yeah, I'll sing something. Oh, forever. You'd be all up in the front. You know, you'd be pumping your fist up in the front, worshiping God. You'd be crying during service and everything. But, like, you live a whole other lifestyle outside of the church. And you claim to have faith, but you won't trust God with your finances. You won't trust God with your relationships. You won't trust God with the situations at work. You won't trust God and how to be a better leader in your household. You won't trust God and how to handle your romantic relationship. You won't trust God in the situation that you're in. 
that if you claim to have hope in Jesus, that your actions will show it. If you claim that your hope is in Jesus, then, then there's this verse in James that reads this. It's James chapter 2, verse 18. It says, but some will say you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. And it's not just serving. I know we're a church that loves to serve, but it's the heart behind the servant to, servanthood. It's like, look, I've placed myself in this position because I want to submit myself to the will of God. I've placed myself in this humble place so that God can lead me and guide me through each and every step that I go through. So it's important, like, look, if you claim to have your faith in Jesus, act like it. If you claim that God is the hope you, rest your, you, you place your hope in, let's act like it. Let's live a lifestyle that, that God calls us to. And listen, the word of God says, look, don't raise up idols in, in, in the place of me. That, that's not our lifestyle. Too many, and it, this is a really peculiar part, and I'm getting ahead of myself. But isn't it really weird? In Exodus 32, right? Let's go back to it. Exodus 32. Verse 5, it says, so when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it, and Aaron made a proclamation and said, tomorrow is a feast to the Lord. That, 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 if you look at the original language, when they're talking about gods, they're saying Elohim. They're talking about the general gods, just general holy, th not holy things, but general like spiritual things. But when they use the word Lord, they're saying Yahweh, they're saying Yehovah. That's specific. And in this situation, here's what I got out of this, is the fact that We'll raise idols in our life and still act like we're serving God. That we'll raise idols in our life, but we'll, we'll paint it in a picture as if we're holier than thou. That, you know what? I trust in God, but uh, if work calls me on Sunday, I have to be there. I trust in God, but uh, I don't really have time. I got to work, man. You know, work like 70 hours a week, making good money, providing for my family. But, but, but I don't put time to spend with God. It's important that as people of God, we have to uh, recognize and understand his intentions. That God has our best intentions in mind. And for us to understand his intentions, we have to be intimate with the most high God. This was the problem with the people of Israel. Is that they had some, they had some type of faith. They had some trust to put somewhere. But because they hadn't recognized how faithful and how consistent God was by spending time with them, they didn't put their faith in him. Like, you ever realize, like, you, you start missing church a couple weeks, and next thing you know, it's like, oh, man, you know, I need to get back in church, get my relationship right. Because you haven't been around the things of God. You haven't been in his presence. You're in the mindset that God is just in this place. No, you take him with you. This is why the sacrifice of Jesus Christ was necessary. He's like, look. I have to go to make a preparation for you. I have to go to make a way for you, but, but, but don't be afraid. I am sending my helper. I am sending my spirit. So what does that do? We don't just have to worship God in the tabernacle. We can worship God wherever we go. That my faith isn't just invested in these four walls, and it's great. Look, keep tithing. This is not me telling you to not tithe, okay? I don't want to get in trouble later. But it's important that the same way that you've invested your faith in God, it has to be everywhere. It can't just be in these four walls. It has to be at your job. It has to be at your school. It has to be in your workplace. It has to be in your families. 
It's important that you recognize that faith is the currency of your hope. Next point is this, and I'm about to come to a close so I can get the worship team back up. As your status increases, your faith increases. As your status increases, your faith increases. Don't think that just because you've reached a point in your life uh, that, that your faith is no longer necessary in God. Don't think that just because you feel like you've arrived at a certain point in your life that you don't need God anymore. And some of us are looking like, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you know, no, stay trusting in God. Yeah, yeah, keep your faith. Da, da, da. But the second that we get exactly what we want, we forget about God. We've been praying and we've been praying and we've been praying and we've been praying for God to come through and give us that job that we want. But the second that we get that job, it's like, all right, let's uh, tuck those prayers away. We've been praying and we've been praying and we've been praying. For, for ladies, you've been praying for that Boaz, and you finally got that Boaz, and next thing you know, God is out the window. That you've been praying, and you've been praying, and you've been praying for your son to stop acting up, and to stop cutting up in school, and to stop uh, walking away from the house, and the second he starts acting right, you're like, all right, God, all right, we're good. Thank you for giving me what I wanted. God supplies all of our needs. Not our wants. And what was interesting about it to me is, is, is if you notice that when we're building idols in our life, a lot of times we look at it, it's like, oh man, they built this golden calf. They turned that into a God. They turned that into a judge. They turned that into a thing that would lead them. But if you really look at it, if you strip it apart and, and pay attention to what's going on, is they didn't just put their faith in that thing. They put the faith in themselves. They put themselves in a situation to govern themselves. They put themselves in a situation to say, you know what, I have the best interest in mind. This has been the folly of us since the beginning, Adam and Eve. It's like they chose to decipher what is good and evil for them. They chose to make the decision like, okay, I know what is right and what's wrong for me. As if God didn't put the commands and the statutes in place in the first place. As if God doesn't have this, this, this plethora of word and knowledge and wisdom to, to deposit into us, to guide us to the life that we were meant to live. Then in this situation, Aaron had a problem. He was a leader. And guess what? Aaron knew where Moses was. Aaron wasn't oblivious. Aaron knew that Moses was gone off to make preparations so that they can worship. And in this situation, he made it and decided to, 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 to allow this opportunity to be an opportunity to give glory to himself. How you figure, JR? How about the fact he took, told them to give them what was precious to them? Give it to me and I'll make you something to worship. I'll make you guys something to worship. This is the God that delivered you out of Egypt, Israel or Egypt. This is what has been providing for you. This is the thing that, 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 that supplies your needs. And I find it very peculiar that if you read the Bible a little bit, you recognize that a lot of times when they made a sacrifice, it was like a goat or a ram or a bull or a calf or some type of animal. Isn't it peculiar that the very thing that was meant to be sacrificed became their object of worship? 
Isn't it peculiar that, that, that what was meant to be given to God turned into the God itself? The same way we turn money into our God, like, look, I'll do anything to get more, more money. I'll do anything to get more, 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 more finances. I'll, I'll sacrifice my time. I'll sacrifice my effort. I'll push my family to the side. You know I got to work. You know I got to make that money. Money's going to bring us happiness. Money's going to bring us financial freedom. They talk about it all the time, remember? Financial peace. More finances, more peace. Not realizing that God is the one that allowed us to get the finances. And God is the one that breathed air into our lungs. And God is the one that gave us the, the, the hands to work and the mind to do the things that we're doing. And rather us lifted up above the name of God, above the name of Jesus. We've made it into a God. We've made it into a thing that wasn't, that's not meant to be above God, but to be sacrificed to God. Like, look, God, look, here's my money. I'm going to give it to you. And there might be some of us that might idolize marriage. Never heard that before, idolizing marriage. Like, you know what, God, I'll stick around long enough until you give me exactly what I want. Let me be honest, there's a lot, there's, 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 there's plenty of godly people in here for you to connect yourself to. But listen, don't be showing up to church trying to get married. Show up to church to be married to Christ. That Matthew chapter 6 verses 33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and he'll be the one that supplies your needs. Do you realize that in Genesis it says, it's not good for man to be alone, so he supplied to him a need? Do you really feel like that if you're really, really, really supposed to have wife, that God would supply that need for you? Do you really, really think that, oh, well, God's handling all the spiritual stuff. I'll handle this relationship stuff. He knows what you need. He sees the void that is in your life. He sees that empty space that you need. He sees your lack. He sees the thing that you need to be filled with. But it's important for us to recognize that, look, although I may want this thing, although I feel like it's going to make me happy, although I feel like it's going to bring me peace, it's important to recognize that God knows me better than anybody else. That God sees me in the very situation that I'm in. That God knows the very place that I'm in. If we can all stand to our feet. Listen, saints, I know, I know Aaron was a leader of the people. And I know a lot of times we think that this microphone is the thing that gives us authority, and that's not true. You guys all have circles of authority, you have families. You have schools that you go to. You have households that you protect. You have all these things. Let us not compromise our faith to give people what they want. Let us not compromise our faith to get what we want. That's powerful. Wow. The fact that Aaron wanted the glory, so he made a decision for the people. Fathers, listen. You lead your family with the authority of God. You lead your family with the guidance of the Spirit, not with what you want, not with what you've learned, but you lead in the best interest of the people that is with God. Mothers, lead, place your faith in God in the way that you, you, you do your motherhood. With your finances, trust in God. With your life, 
trusting God. Romans says that we have to live as living sacrifices to the Most High God. Holy and acceptable. This is, this is reasonable. This is the reasonable thing that we can do. Rather than lift up yourself in the place of glory, lift up God in the name of glory. Rather than lifting up yourself into the seat of authority, place God where he needs to be at. So we're going to end service a little differently. A lot more packed. But I'm going to give a different instruction this time. We're going to worship. We're going to do what Aaron failed to do. Rather than create an altar to the Most High God and lift up His name and to lay down the sacrifice, we're going to make this place our altar. We're going to make this sanctuary a place where we can lay down our lives, where we can lay down our burdens, where we can lay down each and everything that God needs from us. Listen, let's get out of the habit of laying down our troubles. Y'all hear me? Y'all hear me? We get into the habit of laying down the stuff that gives us discomfort, and then we go on with the rest of our lives. Like, God, I've just been struggling with this addiction, God. I've been struggling, and I've been hurting. I want to serve you. Take away this addiction, but I'll keep the rest of of my life for myself. God, I got this bad doctor's report, and I just want you to heal me, God. Give me the healing, but once you've healed me, I'll take the rest of my life and leave it for myself. God, please just provide for me the thing that I want. God, please give me what I want. God, please, please, I'm begging you, give me what I want. Not forget, forgetting the fact that what we need is more of the presence of God. What we need is more intimacy. What we need is not the things that we want, but the things that we need, and that's Jesus Christ. So all able bodies that are able to come down to this altar and lay down their lives in a sacrifice to worship. I'm inviting you, all able bodies, all able bodies, this is an invitation. This is a proclamation to the Most High God. That we're going to lift up His name. Jesus, the the author and finisher of our faith. Now it's not the time to be ashamed. Now it's not the time to worry about your cares, but now it's time lift up the name of Jesus. With every hand raised, let's go into worship. That's all the time we have for this episode of the Annex Podcast, but we encourage you to get connected with us by downloading and using our TBCF app today, or you can visit our website at tbcf.life. That's tbcf.life. Until next time, thanks for stopping by to the Annex Podcast.